0: Hi again everyone, welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode number 116, as we continue down our road to the sports podcast, it's Tim and Anthony with you, on a October 4th, a Sunday evening, the Browns just defeated the Dallas Cowboys in a thrilling game, 49-38, and uh, the NFL is experienced what Major League Baseball has experienced their first few weeks back. Uh, COVID has shown its head and is causing some changes in the scheduling, And we'll get into that here in a little bit. And But with that in mind, and as everyone knows, the 2020 met a shortened high school football season, an abbreviated six-game regular season. And anybody who wanted to make the playoffs did. So mm-hmm. those who chose to opt in have. And the playoffs begin next week. The team we cover this year on Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting is Ursuline. And they will have a first week bye. Uh, They will face the winner of Villa Angeles, St. Joe's and Fairless. Uh, So it should be an interesting uh, matchup. We're going to talk about that matchup here in a little bit. But
1: before we go any farther, let me just say hi to Anthony. What's going on, my friend? Tim it's nice to be back uh you know it is October 4th here you can feel the weather changing um and it's already playoff time and it's exciting I think because every year the OHSDA football playoffs are really exciting Uh, you and I have had the opportunity along with Matt to cover probably close to 10-15 playoff games by now and we've had some uh, thrillers and we've been privileged to cover a lot of great games and but Tim, this year I feel more than any really, we're going to get like a March Madness feel of we have no idea what to expect. You know, we we have no clue really. Um, this is the first year where the coaches vote on the seating. so uh, the Harbin ratings uh, and, and the computer points were not used. So it's going to be really interesting, and I think uh, this year more than any. You throw the seeding out the window. You completely, you know, you're, you know, some of the top seeds, the, the fitches, and you know, all of them are, are usually pretty good, but besides that, you don't, you really don't know, and that's going to make it really exciting for us.
0: Well, it's going to be weird, that's for sure. Yeah. And that's probably the best word for it. I think it's the most ridiculous plan ever consumed and concentrated. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely. Uh, bizarre the way they chose to do yeah. it this year, and that's fine. I mean, it's a bizarre year anyway, so you might as well, you know.
1: One year and done, yeah.
0: Yeah, I have such a wacky year in high school football. It's not a big deal, but we, like I mentioned earlier, have had the opportunity to watch Ursuline all season, and they finished the regular season four four wins and two losses. Not a bad six-game no, stretch. absolutely not. Uh, they're one- one of those two losses uh, came to Warren Harding and the other
1: Week two was to Austin, Austin, to Austin Town Down Fitch. Fitch. Yeah. yeah. Week two to Austin town Fitch. So and Fish, and Fitch finished undefeated this year. So that's, yeah. you know, that's a heck, you know, that's not a bad loss at all, really. And they were no. in that game until the, uh, you know, some plays got Fitch rolling. Uh, yeah. Fitch rolled in the, in the third quarter yes. in that game and never looked back.
0: And the Harding so, game, the, things didn't break Ursuline way on the road now and the door was open for Harding to, to us uh, kind of take that game away yep. and they did. And you know, but overall we've seen a, a pretty quality. Yes. Ursuline team this year. And it's going to be interesting to see how they play. Hey, I, uh, even though, as you mentioned earlier, the Harbin points are not being used this year. Yes. Our good friend uh, Joe Etel has still, uh, computerized them all this year Good And uh, looking at region 13 Which Ursuline competes in mm-hmm. Through the, the finals, final rankings Of the six games uh, King Felton Northwest mm-hmm. uh, Is at the top At 5-0 and oh, uh, And with a 27 average Okay Poland comes in at number 2 With 4-1 and one, So some of these may not have been updated he may not have, may have had yeah, I don't, a
1: chance. Yeah. I think I read last week he stopped updating after week five. Oh, okay. Well, you know why? That makes sense because they made
0: the playoff match Yes. pairings a week yes. earlier. Yes, you're That's right. That's part of the bizarre area. That makes total sense. I didn't even think about that. That makes total sense because the pairings actually came out, I believe, on Wednesday or Thursday
1: this Thursday, past yes. week. Thursday, yes. Thursday, yes. Before
0: week six was even mm-hmm. played, which. Again, it's bizarro. And however, needless to say, uh, it's interesting to see how this all fold out. Looking at the Village, Bill Angelo, Saint Joe's uh, Vikings, they uh-huh. are in the bracket with Ursuline, meaning that game that they're going to play against Fairless will be uh, the winner will take on Ursuline the following week at YSU. Uh, interesting enough. Fairless is four and two, Mm -hmm. and Villa Angeles St. Joe's is winless in six games.
1: Who has? uh, Let's see here. I'm pulling up Joe Eitel now, and it's at it's at Villa Angeles St. Joe's. Really? I believe so. Yes. No. No. no, uh, This is away. Take that back. It's away. It's at Fairless. Yes. Well, and I. You know, in all fairness to Bill Edger on St. Joe's, uh, their first game of the year was a 35 34 loss to undefeated Garfield. Uh, after that, they lost to 3 and 2 Menno Lake Catholic, uh, lost to Chagrin Falls, uh, lost to Walsh Jesuit Pet. So their worst loss of the year, I really don't want to call it a worst loss, really, was a 41 14 defeat to Notre Dame Cathedral Latin out of Region 9. Uh, we'll touch on Region 9 here later on. Um, you know, I touched at the beginning, Tim. We we really have no idea because this is a, a weird year. The coaches voted on the seedings. Um, but it seems to me that despite being 0-6, Navarre Fairless is a lot – or me, Bill Andrews St. Josephs is a lot better than a 22 seed. But, you know, we, we have no idea. This is going right. to be weird and different for everybody. Um, it will be interesting to see. Uh, That game on Friday night against Navarre Fairless, whose two losses have come to Manchester, one and three, and to Northwest, who won Regentine, or the number one seed, 17 to 12. So uh, both their losses have come by a combined 12 points.
0: Well, it's going to be interesting to see how they they fare next week. But out of Stark County, Navarre, Ohio, is uh, Mm -hmm. Fairless Falcons. Uh, Interesting enough, they have the rest of their schedule filled out. Yes. Uh, so, they have Villa Angeles, St. Joe's as a playoff game. Mm-hmm. If they would end up losing that game, they will play Sandy Valley, Claymont, and Tusquas Valley uh, the rest of the year.
1: <laughs> so, they have already uh, planned ahead. Yes. They've already have tentatively scheduled three games prior or after
0: the uh, Villa Angeles, St. Joe's game. So, if Assuming that Fairless may win this game, given yes. that uh, since they've already won four games and Villa, as Villa-Angela St. Joe's is winless, let's just give them the edge. Uh, I assume the League Valley game will be eliminated from their schedule as they move on. But they plan on playing 10 games.
1: Tim, have you ever heard of the website CalPreps? I think I have, but I don't think I've ever been to it. I, it is a website that... Um... Has that on every high school team throughout the country. Oh, wow. And they use a computerized format algorithms to project every matchup for every team in the country. Um, and I have it pulled up right now. Uh, Navarre Ferris, they have Navarre Ferris beating Clevelandville, Andrew St. Joseph's 35 to 3. So Cal prep for what it's worth. Uh, is making the Falcons a decided heavy favorite to advance to face Youngstown and Yeah,
0: you know, uh, the most famous alumnus from
1: uh, Villages of St. Joseph's, or one of the uh, most I'm gonna famous. I'm going to go David Lady. I'm going to go David Leidy, uh, who played at Ohio State, right? But I, I'm going to give you a better one. Okay. I'm going to give you two better ones. Okay. Both play for Notre Dame. Okay, now you're, now you're, uh, uh, let's see
0: um <laughs> uh, and I'll give you even a better credit. One played for the Cleveland Browns and the other uh spent twenty five years on the radio on ESPN.
1: They're brothers. The Gullix. Yes. Really? Yes. I didn't time, I, it was St. I knew Joe's. they were from Ohio. Yes. At the
0: time it was St. Joe's. Okay. Before the merger. But yes, that is their alumni. I,
1: I knew they were from Ohio, but I did not realize they went to uh Bill Andrew St. Joe's. The only reason why I remember David he went to Bill Andrew St. Joe's is um, they played Ursuline in a regional championship game as it decided have a favorite and had to come back late to beat yes. Ursuline. Yes, I um, do
0: remember that. Yes. One of the
1: really great games Ursuline has played in the regional finals. They've played a lot of great games in the basketballs. Uh, but yes, I remember David Lighty. He had a great career at Ohio State. Also,
0: yeah, yeah. I
1: believe he I believe he had a game winner in the tournament for them. So. Probably did.
0: Yep. My memory's not that good. <laughs> I can't,
1: I can't remember for certain, but I think he did. But um,
0: it wouldn't shock me. It makes sense, you know. It's, uh,
1: you know, that Tim. I think, you know, uh, going back to Region 13, uh, really impressed with the this year. After a, you know, they've been down the last couple of years, and we had them in a game last year against Cardinal Mooney. They won that game, and I believe you said this could be the springboard to what they need for next year. Ersler is still very young. They have a lot of really good skill position players and Brady Shannon and Matthew Reardon. Um, and uh, I was really impressed with Ersler this year, Tim. They found ways to win games. They did. Um, and a year that was crazy and weird and a team that has not had a lot of success the last couple of years, finding ways to win is sometimes the hardest thing to do. And they've done that.
0: Well, I Um, think the most important thing they've done, and you can say this because we've seen them five out of their six games, mm -hmm. is you've seen an improvement in the team each week. Yes. Even if the result was different than you hoped or expected, like against Fitch, that game where they got blown out. But Mm -hmm. then they came back and played very well the next two games. Yes. And then ended up losing to – a, a very tough team, and and Harding on the road, yes. and then came back against their rival in in Cardinal Mooney and able really to uh, to play a, a really great game and uh, an amazing first half, and really they didn't make a lot of adjustments in the second half, and Mooney was able to they cut into that lead and make it
1: an interesting game at the end. But uh, yeah, what I'll... matters is they 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 came away with a W. Yeah, they. You know, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Mooney-Urson games, you know, Tim, um, usually throughout the years are really good, no matter what the records are. Urson last year uh, won when they were down. Mooney this year, I told somebody after the game, I thought Carr did a hell of a job uh, get his team up and ready to go. And um, the excitement on those sidelines, Tim, uh, I think you made mention during the game that, you know, they were jumping up and down the whole second half. They were into it, and you couldn't tell if they were one and four going into the game. And that was a credit to the Cardinal Mooney coaching staff and the players. But uh, another Mooney wrestling game lives up to the billing, Tim.
0: And they usually do. Yep. I mean, there's always one team that once in a while dominates the other, but for the most part, you're right. Yep. Uh, you're going to see a quality football game when those two schools like you said, the emotions are high because there's a rival game. It's the mm-hmm. two Catholic schools in the city of Youngstown. And, you know, two schools are very proud of their, their past and their championships that they have earned. So uh, it's, I'm not surprised. It, it's fun to watch. It's been a, uh, it's been interesting ride and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to two weeks. We have this week off. I, uh, Almost got a job over in, in Pennsylvania for the week, but uh, one of the guys uh, became available at the last moment. So I do not expect a call, but uh, we're going to, our games will be on Saturdays from
1: this on. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we, uh, I'm still we are holding back out hope. Friday, Saturday.
0: Yeah. I'm still he- holding out hope that I'll, uh, I'll run over to the uh, PA border and uh, cover a game or two over there. Uh, as the season progresses on Friday nights this week it doesn't look like it's gonna happen there was a chance that either uh newcastle or another Uh school uh they plan on covering they may need some help but uh one of the the guy at newcastle decided that he can make the game so hey these things happen i'm not too concerned uh it'd be fun to get over there and see some of my friends and uh and watch some of those games too so as a a play-by-play guy and a uh just a high school football fan it's it's Uh You know, like I said, we're we're smack in the middle of a, a nice area because we have uh, kind of two groups to follow, Ohio and PA. And speaking of which, I have not reached out to him, but we're going to have to reach out to Ray Reinstorf and get him on. Yeah. Uh, we haven't talked to him or even getting uh, James back on. Uh, we Last time we had James on was for the Indy 500 that was last, well, back in August. So, yes. Uh, James is covering high school football for the Trib, Trib Live this year. So. Uh, we'll have to reach out to both of them. We haven't not done it this year because it's just been so an odd year.
1: Uh, now, are they in the playoffs yet?
0: No, uh, no. What they did is they delayed the season two weeks. I'm not okay. sure how long their season is, and uh, I don't. I believe it's longer regular season than what Ohio had. Ohio had the six okay. games trying to make it a maximum of ten games for the year. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't know for sure what the uh, schedule is, but this is going to give us kind of an idea of what next year is going to be like in Ohio because the expanded playoffs, you know, going back to the regional format and the, in the hardened points that we've always had in the past, Uh, they're going to expand the playoffs from eight teams to 12 teams. Yes. So the bottom eight will play that first week and the top 4 we'll have a buy.
1: So, are it's
0: they Kind of um, give us an idea of what that's going to look like going forward.
1: Are they going to keep the uh, higher seeded team hosting until the state semifinals or are they going to do neutral sites after round one?
0: I believe through round two well, next year because round one will be the okay. bottom eight and mm-hmm. the higher seed will host. And then the top four will host the following week. After that, I believe they'll go to ne- uh, neutral fields, like
1: in the past. Uh, I would like to see it be uh, at the higher seeded teams' field, into like a regional championship.
0: You know, you can make that case, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I kind of like the neutral fields to take that out. Yeah, the home, to yeah. basically to make it more uh, a fair, more fair, field. Yeah, yeah, more level playing field. Uh, if that's done properly and most, most matchups are not always, can you do it? Oh, Yeah. Uh, But they, for the most part, the Ohio high school athletic association has tried to find a neutral field about halfway distance between each school. When they get to that level, does it always happen that way? No. Uh, But for the most part, they, they have uh, done it in the past and, as long as schools are willing to host and there are schools that are willing to host, they may, they like mm-hmm. that uh, prestige. And they, they believe that it is a, a, money-making opportunity for them. So I think that will continue and quite honest with you, if you can find the right field, I'd rather be on the, on the correct field where teams have an opportunity to play on a turf uh, field and, yeah. it, and it's open and it's fair to both teams now, when you get a, a natural field, which is not as prevalent today in high school sports as it once was, we'll see. I mean, it's a, it's a combination of both. But yeah, I kind of like right now, if that's the way it's 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 designed. This year's throw out the regular roll books. It's, it's a home team, I think, up until the semifinals. So uh, the higher seed will host. So. And quite honest with you, with the lack of, Fans being able to attend these games, it's probably the correct move for the yes, the Ohio High School Athletic Association, for they can try to make some money doing this. I mean, let's let's be honest. The reason it's formatted like this is try to save their butts, and it is what it is. Uh, It is high school football in 2020. But uh, you know, like I like to say, congratulations to all the schools involved. Uh, We've made it through the first six weeks, and with very little. Problem, Problems. Yeah. yeah, There's been a yeah, few. Yeah. There's been a few, few throughout the state, but nothing to the nothing point major. of, yeah, no, no major disruptions where a team lost two or three games. Um, There are some teams that play four games or some teams that played five mm-hmm. games, maybe because of schedule, maybe because of COVID. I don't really know. Uh, But for the most part, I got to give them credit. They were able to get through this year, at least the first six games. And that's what, to me, all that matters. I think everything that we do from this point on is gravy. And if they can yep. get to a championship game, fantastic. If everything has to be shut down, God forbid, uh, they had a football season, you know, and that's the, the way I look at it.
1: Will the state championships be held at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium or are they move into Ohio Stadium to, so they can socially distance more? I'm not sure, but I believe it's in Stark County. Okay. I knew it, I think it was originally for Stark County, but I didn't know if anything going on, yeah. if they felt maybe moving to Columbus would be better, you know, they could social distance more, but, um, well, we quite honest I don't know if they' can't Ohio state season will still be going on then. So I didn't know if they could or not. That's
0: so. true. That's true. It's totally different this year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Tom Benson stadium can hold 22, 23,000 yes. people. So you don't really get that big of a crowd and they're going to limit it probably you know, 3, to three to 5,000, uh, per game. You know, I'm guessing just like the NFL yeah. right now, I think mm-hmm. they have a minimum of six thousand or a maximum of six thousand in Ohio right now for yes, yes. Sure. Cleveland and in mm-hmm. Cincinnati. So let's just assume that they could do the same thing for the high school games at, at six thousand, which would be fair in that big of a stadium. You know, I'm not sure there'll be that many, but I think it could be done.
1: You know, Tim, uh usually this time of year we well, not as but when the playoffs come about, we talk about teams from our area um, that have a shot to make a run. And I think, Tim, we have a couple of teams in our area that have a good chance to make to start County this year. Yeah. Obviously, well, Springfield is, you know, a Springfield really and good Canfield
0: have got to be your top choices right now because of the undefeated seasons that they had and the way they've performed all season. Uh, I think it's going to be a little rougher road for Canfield just because it's a larger school and a and obviously, that uh, I think tough. there's a little bit, yeah, a little bit more minefields wow. in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, that takes nothing away from uh, Springfield, who's had a phenomenal year and really has just dominated every team they
1: face this year. Do you think Fitch has a good chance to make a run? Or that's you, such a loaded that region? That's, being yeah,
0: that's that. That's a loaded region. Yeah, anything's possible, Anthony. Uh, yeah, we've seen a pretty good Fitch team that day. Uh, I think
1: it's Fitch possible. can score on anybody.
0: Right. You know, it. It's really going to come down to does another team have a defense that can stop them? Yes. And, you're exactly right. Or would, for example, and this time of the year, as you know, turnovers are magnified. So if any team has mm-hmm. multiple turnovers, it's going to be difficult to overcome, especially if on a short side of the field and your opponent takes advantage of field position. In school. So it's tough to say, sit here and say this will happen or that will happen. Mm-hmm. however I if I had to pick the teams that I really think have the best opportunity to do well I will give you four of them and that's Canfield, Springfield, Ursuline, okay. and uh, JFK. I think Kennedy has a great chance to do
1: well and we'll see how the other teams do. Maybe some of else uh, come up. I'll give you uh, Springfield obviously. I think Ursuline has a very good chance uh, you know a possible Perry match would be very tough. Uh, you've seen Perry, what, three times the last couple years? They're really good. Right. Um, Fitch, we've touched on. South Range can make a run, too. Uh, they are really good.
0: Yeah, you know what? I've, I, I overthought. I, oh, I kind of like overglanced them. But They're undefeated, right.
1: aren't they? Yes, finished they finished undefeated, are. correct? Yeah, yeah. The Raiders are good. They are Where's really they- good. And at- that's uh, Region 17, correct? Right, right. 17
0: this year? Yeah. If I had to pick a team that I do not expect to go far in the playoffs who had a really great season, and this is not a knock on them, I just think it's, it's going to be tough mm-hmm. on them, is, is Latonia, who finished 5-1. and yes. one. I think this past week we've seen, you know, when the competition gets tough, it's going to be hard on them. And I'm Hey, maybe they'll bounce back and, and surprise me. I wish them well. There's no question about it. But they've had a phenomenal season at 5-1. Well, uh, it's I'm been gonna, a long uh... time
1: since they've had a winning season. Yeah, and that, uh, you could definitely tell the uh, the culture change down there is evident. They have uh, completely changed that culture down in Lithuania, and hats off to them for a hell of a year. Uh, you know, you've really got to commend all the teams, like you said, for making it through the season with minimal problems. We've had some, but nothing crazy to where we we had to shut down the season. Yeah. Um, hats off to everybody, um, you know, that was able to navigate these minefields, as you said. And I'm going to throw a, a projection out here and it's probably more my heart talking than uh, my head, even though my head says they're a really good football team. Uh, I'm going to pick coach Pavlansky and cancel State. This year. And uh, You know, obviously my cousin is an offensive line coach there. Um, but that team's really good. They yeah, are, they are, uh, are veteran laden and uh, those teams win this, this type of year. Um, And they got finally, I believe, a quarterback in Brock Lowry that can throw the ball. So uh, Canfield can put up a lot of points. Their defense is always going to be tough. Uh, I would not be surprised to see the Cardinals uh, the last week of November in Stark County. It
0: would not shock me at all. Uh, We've seen that team improve over the last two seasons, Anthony. And we've seen, you know, not two years ago, they had a pretty good team. But last year was a team. It was kind of growth and opportunity yeah. and just missed mm-hmm. out. And this year uh, you're seeing, I think, some of that uh, learn experience come come to fruition mm-hmm. this year for, for a very good uh, season. And uh, yeah, uh, no, I don't think you count out the Cardinals from Canfield at all. Like I say, uh, I think there's a lot of teams, obviously many teams have made the playoffs this year and we'll see what happens. Maybe we see an upset along the way. One of these teams, that were two and three or three and three that I are think in the playoffs. To. Well, yeah, and make a big run, you know, to the semifinals or farther that are local. Uh, we're mm-hmm. talking about some of the favorites, but, you know, maybe a Niles makes a run. Maybe a, a Howland makes a run. Howland, yeah, yeah, so there's going to touch on Allen, Tim. Yeah, uh, um, maybe even, you know, Harding makes a run. You know, uh, there's, some, there's some teams that are, you know, around 500 or a game above, game below, that I think are going to be very interesting to watch this year. Harding, to me,
1: they are loaded with talent on both sides of the football. If they can limit the mistakes, then they can compete with a lot of teams. now. oh, there's no question, and
0: uh, it's it's a loaded region. Let's let's be honest, it's, it, it division two is very loaded to begin with uh, across the board. So we'll just wait and see how it all you know kind of comes about, and you know we'll see which teams of. Rise to the top and which ones uh fall to the side and we'll know in the next two weeks, you know, how we did locally and uh and go forward from there. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the uh the and Irish in two weeks and hopefully we'll see uh, some great football along
1: the way. And a nice run from some of our local schools. Yeah, I've never run with Tim. I think uh I think you're gonna have a lot of local schools advancing deep in the playoffs. Well,
0: at least hopefully they'll have a bigger run than our Cleveland Indians had. Uh um, yeah,
1: that was uh Tim, that was uh it was disappointing. You know, I know Hammy I know Hammy loves to say you'll have another October, remember, but uh not very rememberable not very memorable, Tim. Was, no, uh, no, that's this, yeah, this is an October
0: 20. to forget. Uh
1: yeah. Well yes, you was. know let
0: me say this about the Indians in general. This team was never never fired on all cylinders all season long. No. Nope. Uh, the sixty games regular season and uh, you ran into a team you haven't faced this year. You had opportunity. The first game, was just be honest, you got pitched and they got outplayed. Yep. It was even a game uh, for the Indians' sake. They, they were blown out twelve to three, and it was not much to talk about. I'm quite honest with you, you had your best pitcher going, and no, the, game he was a, the second inning, and he yeah. had he didn't have his stuff. And in the second game, they got off to a great start. They didn't have cooperation with the weather, but it didn't really affect either team's opportunities to play. No. Uh, I thought the home plate umpire squeezed both teams ridiculously uh, and never gave any low pitches to either either team. And when a team like the Indians who doesn't walk, probably walk more players in that game, I think they walked 10 or 12. 20,
1: they walked uh, 17 in both games.
0: Combined. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's, uh,
1: I, they, they walked 12 or something in, in
0: the second game, which yeah. is yep, absolutely, did, yeah. it's probably more walks than they gave up in the last two weeks of the season. Combined. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's just, I think I squeezed terribly and I'm not saying some of the pitches weren't outside or low. Of course they were, mm-hmm. but a team that pitches like the Indians don't, does not have that many uh, base on balls and, when and it went both teams, don't get me wrong, but that's why it won a five hour game almost. And
1: yes. It
0: was frustrating because you knew you needed a lot of runs to win that ball game, and the Indians made mistakes. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, the just shield running in on a ball that went over his head was a huge, huge play in that game.
1: That was the uh
0: well, let the Yankees back into the game, and let let the Yankees back into the ball game. We were down four to one at the time, yep. And that really started the avalanche of Indians giving up runs the rest of the game. Uh, you can you can pick and and choose about Alomar and the way he ran the game, but quite honestly, I don't think he made any real hideous mistakes. Uh, when he brought in Karen Check. He you. brought in
1: Karen Chuck in the, four, the fourth. Right.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: You had the
0: misplay by Delano DeShield in the, in the outfield. And uh-huh. next thing you know, the bases were loaded and he needed to make a move. And he did. And he brought in Karen Cech and it backfired. All right. So be it. Uh, I don't think he made a bad move because you wanted to stop there. And yeah, you need a strikeout guy. Well, you, you just wanted, you wanted a closer there and you were going to use hand in the fourth inning. So mm-hmm. you had to bring in your next best guy at the end of the bullpen. And that was Karen check because that was really important. If he got the out of that game, unfortunately, he didn't throw strikes. His strikes weren't, his balls were legitimate balls no. and his, you know, yeah, they he were had one end. or two pitches that were, you know, borderline. It didn't go his way, but for the most part, he just didn't have it. And that that really hurt the Indians. Uh, He didn't get anybody out, and then he had to go back to the bullpen. And then you got out of the inning, and then it was just seesawing back and forth from that point on. Yankees got up by two. The Indians came back. The Yankees got up by two again. The Indians came back, take the lead, you know, and then couldn't finish it out in the ninth when when hand got squeezed. So unfortunate way to end the season. It's going to be interesting to see what happens this offseason. A lot of rumors, a lot of thoughts. Uh, we can get into Lindor situation all winter long. We don't have to do that today. Uh, we can talk about the makeup of this team, but yeah, there's going to be some changes because either, you know, quite honest with you, hypothetically speaking, I'll do a little Lindor talk here. If you had the opportunity to let go of Santana and use that money to bolster your offer to Lindor, I would let go of Santana in a heartbeat. I think he's gone no matter what. Yes, I agree. But Santana's making $17, $18 million a year. You, I mean, yep. I'm going yep. to play that what-if game and add-to game, which is really mm-hmm. not fair to uh, to the Cleveland Indians front office because there's a lot more goes involved into that. But supposedly they made an offer around $20 million a year to Lindor oh, about a year or so ago, and he turned it down. You take – you up your ante up to close to – 28 to $30 million a year. And you let go of Santana, use that money for him. Uh, You know, there's, there's the same, same type of uh, payroll that you're using on, you know, and now grant you, you're not going to get the same production out of two players as you do one.
1: However, you know, if you're just talking numbers, it can be done. Yeah. I think Santana regardless is gone. He has a buyout of $500,000. So I think either way, um, uh, Carl Santana will not be back. with
0: I I, I kind of agree with you, but if you look at just the numbers wise, uh, the money that they save from Santana's contract next year should free up enough money that the idea of signing Lindor long-term should be
1: entertained.
0: How's that sound?
1: Um, I would entertain it. I'm not sure. I'm completely sold on it, but I would. Never mind. Never mind. I'm just saying you can make this. I'm saying yeah. we were talking, yeah, you you can talk all day yeah. long. Yeah. We can make we can
0: make hypothetical situations where yes. you can say it, or you can just say the Indians need to bite the bull and pay him no matter what because that's the only way you can win in baseball. And you know, there's like I said, there's so many scenarios. But it was a weird season in baseball. It's only 60 games. The Indians won 25 or 35 games, so disappointing and to lose in the first round of the playoffs i probably for the first time in a long time i don't really care if i watch the rest of the baseball playoffs i probably may watch the world series uh i'm not really making a commitment to that and yeah uh, you know football season's here we'll see what happened and uh, the nfl's going on we talked about it at least we talked a little bit about the browns coming into the uh, podcast and uh, big win for the Browns. We haven't seen the Browns three and one
1: since I think they said 1991. Yeah, I did not watch any football today, so I don't know anything that happens at all. So it's going to be up to you, Tim, because I well, have not watched football since last night.
0: The Browns were optimi- optimistic, uh, optimistic, I should say, in their, in their play. Uh, they got out to an early 7-0 lead, and Dallas came back with the next two touchdowns, take a 14-7 lead. Browns were able to come back again, tied at 14. And then the defense actually made two back-to-back plays that caused fumbles uh, on Dallas and short-field opportunities, and the Browns took advantage. And it was quickly out 28-14. to The Browns then did something they haven't done in many, many uh, games. I couldn't even tell you the last time it happened. They took the last drive of the first half, went down, and got a field goal got the opening Uh kickoff of the second half and went down and got a touchdown. And from that point they had, they, they really had that 41, the 14 lead. And that's really ended the third quarter. Dallas made a huge comeback. OBJ made an amazing run from the 50 yard line uh, on a reverse. And the Browns ended up winning and a very freak two pointer. I don't know if you heard about this. You haven't heard anything about this. No, no. So the Browns, the Browns were up forty-one thirty-eight, with uh, under five minutes to play. I think it was. I don't know. He's that okay. time. And Dallas just scored a touchdown and a two-pointer to cut it within three. So they did the onside kick attempt, and you know how they're doing the onside kicks now. They are not going with the tee. They're sending the ball sideways and uh, just kind of get trying to get a, uh, yeah. a weird bounce. Well, yeah. The the kick went through the opening line and the Browns were able to uh, fill it and actually return it out to the 50 yard line. All right. Next thing you know, uh, they do a reverse to OBJ. It looked like he was mm-hmm. going to lose about 12, 13 yards on the play. He miss, makes the guy miss it. It goes down the sidelines, cuts back in and one play 50 yards. The Browns scored. And it's now, you know, the Browns are up 47, 38 Yeah. while well, they bring in uh, uh Parkey to do the extra point. It's blocked, and the most How Browns I, thing. Yeah, well, e- even crazier. It's blocked, and it goes behind the line of scrimmage, and Dallas tries to scoop it and lose control of the ball. It
1: gets pushed into the end zone, and the Browns fall on it. Two points. Somewhere, somewhere, Leon Lett is shaking his head. <laughs> yeah, but you got to,
0: you know, what's even crazier? As you know, uh, the extra points are now, you know, a 30- yeah, a thirty.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're thirty-three
0: yards. Yeah, thirty-three yard extra point attempt. So that block happened, you know, back, you know, at the twenty-three yard line, and the ball rolled twenty-three yards. Yeah, wow. Actually, went a little farther. We went about two yards into the end zone. It was inside the ten, and two Cowboys tried to scoop it and missed it, or and pushed it, and in the process, the Browns were jumping on it, and the only way they could get two points in that scenario is they can't advance it. But they could fall on it, and the ball went into the end zone like Dave Casper many years ago and <laughs> uh, fell on it and got the two points. They ended up with a 49-38 uh, victory. But it was a, it was a crazy ending uh, to a, uh, a really high-scoring game, and Dak Prescott had over 500 yards in the game. Holy mackerel. Four touchdowns, threw an interception late in the ball game that sealed the deal for the Browns. So, crazy, well, Whoever crazy has it in
1: fantasy must have had a hell of a day. I imagine so. It wasn't me. That yeah, was not me either. I got down Mahomes to going tomorrow night. I had OJ OBJ, so I can't. Did complain. you?
0: Yeah, yeah. He had like 30 points for me or
1: something. I I believe uh how did Kareem Hunter today? He was my uh number. Kareem Hunter scored
0: two touchdowns and had about a 75 yards in rushing. So uh he, actually uh, the, the story of the game is Nick Chubb went went out went out with an injury uh, to the knee. He walked off on his own. They didn't bring him back in the second quarter. Uh, he was off to a, a great start as typical uh, Chubb is. Yeah. And it was interesting. But yeah, I think the Browns, uh, maybe the surprise team in the NFL here, at least for the first four weeks, uh, they got, you know, really handled by Baltimore, but who hasn't? And then they've gone on to win three straight. So and each week you've seen improvement in this Browns team. I'm not predicting anything i'm just saying like foot we talked about the high school football season about yeah. and improving each week even with the losses mm-hmm. i will say this i think the browns are improving each week maybe marginal but i see improvement and in a long season if things go right good things can happen
1: when you finally have a consistent run game and that's something the browns have not had for years you finally have some semblance of an offense yeah
0: you know it is that
1: Office that the Denver Broncos are very familiar with. Yes. Uh, Yes. The zone blocking scheme uh, can create a lot of amazing things. Yeah. And they they rushed for over 200 and some yards or maybe almost 300
0: yards in name. So it was uh, an an impressive win on the road in Dallas. Obviously odd scenario, but you know, there was about 20,000 fans there too. So a unique scenario uh, in, uh, in the NFL.
1: Well, they, do, uh, they always say they do everything bigger in Texas. So leave it to the Cowboys to have the most fans. Yeah. Well, Major League hey, Baseball's got to have the world series. There. C stadium, so. Yeah. That's where yeah, the, World's, the World are, Series is going to be
0: played. Yeah. And they're going to, I seen today that
1: they are going to allow 11,500 tickets to be sold for the games. Well, good. You'll have some atmosphere then for uh, baseball's biggest stage. And uh, baseball goes into a bubble starting uh, tomorrow all yeah. neutral site game for the first. Time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They're basically in the bubble. They have been since the end of the season. And now yeah. here we yep. go. We'll see how it works for baseball and uh, hopefully everything will go well. And uh, we will see uh, speaking of bubbles, the NBA is in the finals yeah. and Miami's uh, Miami's the uh, the lucky one. Uh, they survived the, uh, the NBA regular season ending and then into the playoffs to uh, take on the Lakers and, uh, they're injured and the Lakers are taking full advantage of it. They are up to nothing. They'll probably be up three, nothing by the end of tonight. And uh, LeBron James is about to do something. Not many players have done in their career is lead three
1: different organizations yeah. to the NBA title. Yeah. And uh, his mission will be complete. I know he set out a mission this year to uh, restore the Lakers uh, championship tradition and, uh, how finicky it is to come against Pat Riley and the Miami Heat—a team that he led to his first NBA final. So, yeah. So it, it's uh, uh, a a battle comes full circle, doesn't it? It's all sports do, right? And you know,
0: unlike many others in the past, it's going to be interesting to see how LeBron James is remembered. And, and I want to take mm-hmm. nothing away from what he has achieved, because quite honest with you, I don't think we'll ever see a player be this no. valuable to three different organizations. You know. Uh, each organization the first time with the Cavs, he took them to the finals. Yep. Uh, he went to four straight finals with the Miami heat. He went four more with the Cavaliers in a row, which is phenomenal. (laughs) And then went went to LA and missed a year of the playoffs. And then the next year he takes them to the finals. So uh, that speaks volumes. Now it's also, and I will say this, and I've said it before, and I'll just remind everybody I said this, it shows you the difference in eras too, because when's the last time you ever seen a player of this magnitude, who's basically the best player in the game, play for this, this many organizations. Uh, usually they play for one, maybe two,
1: mm-hmm. two their yeah. entire,
0: their entire career. Magic Johnson never left the, the Lakers. Well, Larry Bird never left yeah. the Celtics. Uh you know, you can go. Uh, Dr. J played for New Jersey in the ABA and then ended up in Philadelphia and played there. Uh, there are a few who've played in multiple teams and won championships, like Carl Malone, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and others, but boy, it, it just doesn't happen very often. And I, uh, Moses Malone, I said Carl Malone, I mean Mo- Moses. Malone. Yeah. Uh, correct myself there. But, uh, you know, hey, it is. Uh, Professional sports in 2020, you don't see players stay with one organization any longer. Almost at any sport, look at Tom Brady; he's with the no Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now.
1: Yeah, the the days of a player staying in one city or even two cities is over. You're going to have three, four, you know, and that's that's the way sports is going nowadays. That's I don't know sports. if it's better it's not or worse. Just, to be honest. Um. I think you can make an argument for both. I, yeah, think, I think you can make right. an argument for both. You know, the uh, it's nice to see one, it's nice to see a player stay in one city uh, with one franchise. But then again, if he goes to Moffle, it adds intrigue like LeBron, you know, and more storyline. So I think, I think you can make an argument either way.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Quite honest with you. Uh, I like to make the argument the other way, but Truth of the matter is, I just think times have changed and the money involved in sports today has changed that part of the game in all sports. uh, Baseball was kind of the first to go through that with uh, free Uh agency and how players routinely change teams in baseball. Football is a little less movement because of the way it's structured. At the end of a career, you can move a lot easier than you Uh can at the the middle of that, or the apex of your career, like you can in uh, basketball or baseball, but there is movement in football. It just doesn't happen as often. And uh, you know, baseball was known for trades, but now it's known for free agency and trades. And same with the NBA. The NBA is known for both too. So it changes just the way teams are constructed. And it's just it's just a different world today than it was in 1980 or 1990. Uh, you, know, you look at someone like. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal and, and the organizations that he played for, uh, you're talking about one of the most dominant NBA players of all time mm-hmm. and you know, played for Orlando, took them to a championship game or season or to a championship Zero, uh, yeah. series and ended up losing, went to LA, won all those championships with Kobe, went to Miami, won a championship, uh, you know, and then was Boston. You know, Boston the Cavs, and, yeah. Knavs, yeah. And, and also Phoenix. So, you know, It's it's just the way things work. Uh, You never know.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah. You know, Major League Baseball certainly started the whole free agent free agency uh, process, and uh, other sports are now catching on. And um, I don't know. It'd be very interesting to see who will be the next player to play his whole entire career with one team. Uh, Alex Gordon did with the Royals. Right, he recently right. retired last week, so that was, you know, that. But I one. wouldn't consider
0: uh, him a no, no, no a Hall no, of Famer no, no. or even a a marquee player. He was a no, very good a player, solid,
1: yeah, a solid player, uh, really good in his prime, um, but right. not not many people outside the game base will know who Alex Gordon is. So.
0: Yeah, well, if you're yeah. a, if you're a Kansas City fan, you know who he is. Yeah, and, obviously. Yeah. Well, that's my point, and because he played his entire career there, mm-hmm. and you know. It is, you know, he's unique in, in 2020 to be able to d- done that uh, for a not large market. Mm-hmm. In New York, obviously, you're going to have a great opportunity uh, to be a Yankee for a lifetime if you put up the numbers. And the same with uh, the Mets coming up. I think those yep. players are a couple coming with the Mets with their new ownership, have an excellent chance to be lifelong Mets. You know, barring a... Tom Seavers type scenario where you have a fallout with the ownership or uh, a player who like doc Gooden who had uh, some personal problems or Daryl strawberry, same scenario that caused the team to move on from them. Uh, I don't think, uh, I think those, you know, teams are going to have it. Look at Mookie Betts now with the Dodgers, uh, signed that long-term contract. Yes. You know, he'll be a Dodger for a lifetime. Now, he started with the Red Sox, won a championship there. We'll have a great opportunity to win a, a second one now with uh, with the Dodgers, who probably are the favorites to uh, win the World Series this year.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. I think the Dodgers and uh, I th- I picked the Dodgers and Rays at the beginning of July. Um, Looks so I, good. I guess i got to <laughs> stick with that. Uh, I'm excited. I'll watch probably all the uh, Yankees-Rays series. Um, and from now on, I know this is going to get a lot of flack, but i uh, go Yankees. I hope the Yankees win the World Series. You know, I would like to see the Indians lose to the World Series champion, but also uh, my best friend's a Yankees fan. So I cheer for the Yankees. They're not playing the Indians. I know uh, a lot of people hate them, but, you know, that's it. Uh,
0: if the Indians aren't him, it doesn't that. really matter who wins to me. Uh, you know, I don't hate the Yankees on a sense I, I can't stand this see you know, win type thing. Yeah. Uh, I hate the Yankees just because uh, they're a team the Indians have to get through. To uh, get to the ultimate championship, yeah, it it doesn't matter. Uh, In the end, uh, my days of quote hating teams probably are past me. Yeah, I don't know. Then again, emotions get uh, get high. You know, people like it's kind of fun to have a uh, an anti team to root. So there's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, I kind of like that. Uh, I've hated the Yankees all my life, so I'll continue to (laughs) hate them. Now, it doesn't mean I won't necessarily wish them well or yeah. win the World Series or choose them over a National League team because I'm yeah. an American League team. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I've rooted for the Dodgers in the past and in the playoffs when, you know, I've rooted for Kansas City when they had their chance so. mm-hmm. or Detroit. Yeah. I didn't really root for Detroit all that much. when they. Had no, their I own. didn't either. Yeah. I mean, I know something about them just rubbing the wrong way, even though they had a couple of former Indians and stuff like that. I just never really got into cheering for detroit but
1: no, i rooted for the yankees to beat them in the playoffs that year so no, I, even yeah.
0: the years they made it to the world series and lost i
1: didn't feel bad for yeah them. they lost to the cardinals right yeah that is the giants yeah
0: yeah they lost to both of them i believe
1: yeah yeah you're right i've never uh never really hated the tigers but it's like yeah i probably won't root for you
0: yeah i, I rooted yeah. for the giants all three times and yeah. won the world series so uh you know hey and it's, it's that time of the year where you just kind of root for a good game and uh, maybe you have a little interest on in certain players that you like and see that, if they can uh, achieve. And if it happens, fantastic. If it doesn't, uh-huh. at the end of the world. We'll see what this offseason brings for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, a big offseason. Hopefully, with everything going forward, good. Uh, we'll have a full baseball season next year. We'll have a, a very healthy and very uh-huh. vibrant Terry Francona back in the dugout. And uh, take nothing away from Sandy Alomar, in my opinion, did a fantastic job all season long. Uh, it was great knowing that you had that type of person to take over under the circumstances. It has been a, uh, a tough year for many people. And uh, let's, let's go forward. And like I said, I'm more excited about the high school football season here and uh,
1: yeah, we got, we'll the...
0: yeah, we'll get a chance to preview who they mm-hmm. play next week. Anthony, you know, we'll do it next weekend. And, get that i will do say this uh my reds uh took a thumping today
1: Ooh, i just saw that in the bottom ticker Seven yeah. to two, huh
0: yeah first time they've given up that many goals i think it's 1963 wow i mean it's forever and uh not nope. the goalkeeper allison um he got hurt last week uh it might be out six weeks yeah. so uh, i'll be interesting to see what happens now with how they uh Adrian has played before and he's played well. He's also in his 30s, so we'll see. Uh, I will change directions real quickly again. Um, my uh, magpies won in the elimination round.
1: Did they really? Yes, they did. The they upset, won by right?
0: one, 76-75 over West Coast. So a huge win for the magpies.
1: That's an upset, isn't it? Yes, it was. Yes, yeah. it was.
0: And uh so the magpies will play next week in the semis in the That is the unique scenario here in uh, the AFL. Where the top eight make the playoffs, or the finals, as what they call it. Mm -hmm. The top four play against each other, and the bottom four play against each other. The top four winners advance to the third round. Those two teams that won in that bracket advance to the third round, and the bottom two play an elimination game. And the winners then face the losers of the top four and hmm. then what they Interrupt. call the semi-final and then they kind of redraw the brackets again in what they call the premier finals yeah and then you have the grand final so it's it's a unique format and uh hopefully the magpies will uh, surprise a bit a few more going forward uh, we had a great interview with a uh, great conversation with Gemma bastiani a couple weeks ago and as this progressed, we're going to try to reach out to her again and talk more uh, Australian rules football. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, Anthony, I'm just about out of topics.
1: How about yeah, you? Yeah, I, uh, I don't know what else to say. It's uh, playoff football time. Um, high school starting their playoffs this Friday night. College is getting into everybody being in action here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, the NFL is navigating their first experience with a uh a big outbreak so it's gonna be interesting to see um how october unfolds
0: yeah the tennessee situation is uh very concerning uh they keep having more players and organizations uh being tested positive so they haven't reopened that uh, facility since i'm i'm under the opinion and this is not good for the nfl but i would shut them down for two weeks and allow all those who are infected and that to isolate and get themselves in best scenario and in the the medical care they may need, and then regroup and reorganize the schedule for them from this point on. I honestly believe missing this week is a good thing for that organization, and if the NFL was proactive, which I don't think they will be, I would shut them down next week and then go from there. That's just how I would handle it. It's not how uh, the NFL will probably handle.
1: Yeah, this is uh, uh, different than baseball because you can't have double hitters in football. You know, you can make up games in baseball by playing double hitters. Uh the NFL's be really difficult. So
0: yeah, you know what though you can extend the the season some well yeah you got the bye week plus you also have the ability to play a midweek game. And then have a team come back the following week on a Saturday or a Sunday or something different. Uh, there's a way to make it up and give the teams ample enough time. They can play three games in 12 days. It's not ideal. Yeah, I wouldn't want that. Or three day, three games in 14 days. They can they can rework the schedule to make it work. It will be weird, but it can happen. Hopefully for the NFL and for all the fans that this will be the only outbreak that they'll have. That's very optimistic, but it could
1: happen that way. And I hope it is that way. Yeah. I just read now, Tim, uh, that the NFL is investigating the the Titans uh, to see if they uh, failed to follow the protocol set forth.
0: It's usually the case. I hate saying it. It's usually the case. That's what happened with the Marlins. That's what happened with, with St. Louis the Cardinals. Yeah. And uh, you know, it, Going forward, like I said, it's going to be difficult. It's not an easy thing to ask everyone to stay home and be in a bubble. And I know they get paid lots and lots of money, but we're also human. And uh, we're going to make mistakes. Unfortunately, in a pandemic that we're dealing with in this country, and we can go off on a a huge tangent, but there's no need to. Everyone knows what's going on. Uh, If you don't take care of yourself properly, you allow yourself to be exposed. and. When that happens, yeah, bad things can fall. Yep. And, that, and yep. that's all I'm going to say on it because I think everyone already knows what's going on in the world, and especially here in the United States. So uh, it is what it is. I will use yeah. that phrase that was used by our
1: president. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, we knew the NFL at some point would have to deal with an outbreak amongst a team and uh, we'll see how they handled it. I think the... Uh, Marlins and Cardinals in Major League Baseball did a pretty good job of navigating that and getting back to play and pleading as many games as possible. I think the Cardinals played what 57? 56 or 57 games, and,
0: games, something like that. Yeah.
1: It might 50, have been 58. And, and but the yeah. Marlins and the and the Marlins finished off 60 and now advanced in the playoffs. So they
0: both hey. they both made the playoffs. So you know, yeah. hey, it tells you everything you know. Now grant you Uh, St. Louis had a losing record, but it didn't matter. Uh, When you have that many teams in the playoffs, that probably was going to happen. And two teams in the National League did, but that's a different story. Uh, We go forward from here. So uh, that's our last thoughts for the day. So when we say this, we will talk to you next week. We'll preview who Ursuline will be the matchup, either against Fairless or Villa Angeles St. Joe's. And uh, we will see you all next week here on the podcast. We're Anthony. I am Tim. Have a great week, everyone.